What is a sugar plum anyway? Stay tuned to find out. Welcome to the House of Books. I'm Catherine, your host. My birthday happens to be in December, so I sort of feel like I own Christmas. I get a lot of Christmas-themed birthday gifts, which is fine by me because I, I like Christmas. I'm a, especially a big fan of the old-timey Christmas stuff, like the movie It's a Wonderful Life. A Christmas Carol, which, by the way, is not fluff. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens is way deeper than it seems. You know, we're used to the whole, the memes are basically the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, and the yelling at the boy to get him the Christmas goose at the end of the story. But seriously, it's a, it's a deep message about the choices we make and uh, redeeming ourselves before it's too late. Can we change our destiny and can we change our propensity for happiness? So I bet you thought I'd be talking a lot about the Christmas Carol, and it is pretty low-hanging fruit. And it's also available to read free on gutenberg.org.org. But no, I'm going to spend the rest of the time talking about, uh, well, part of the time anyway, talking about Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite. It's always been a favorite ballet of mine, a favorite suite of music. Uh, my Aunt Mary bought me the album when I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and I listened to that album a lot. And now, every year, I watch a 1986 film called Nutcracker, the motion picture, for the music and the dancing, but mainly because uh, children's author and illustrator Maurice Sendak has designed some beautiful costumes and fantasy sets. Seriously, even if you're not a fan of the music or the dancing, which I just can't imagine you wouldn't like one or the other, just those sets are just gorgeous to watch, gorgeous to look at. So you can find that movie on Amazon Video. It's free for Prime members. Here's the thing, though. There's a creepy guy in it. He is one of the main characters, but it's not because there's no speaking. It's not clear what role he plays at different times. Every time I've watched this ballet, that version, I've been a little creeped out by him because he sort of leers at the little girl. And finally, I decided to find out what that's all about. So I knew that the story, The Nutcracker, originated from a story written by E.T.A. Hoffman. It was written in the early 1800s. Um, the book is actually called, it's more like a novella, I guess, is called The Nutcracker and the Mouse King, way back in 1816. Uh, I remember buying the Kindle edition a couple years ago, but I never read it. So yesterday I pulled it out of my library and I read it. It took me about two hours, so pretty short. So unlike the child, the young girl in the motion picture, who's about 12, and in the extended dream sequence that makes up most of that ballet, she's even older, like almost an adult. The child in this story is younger. She's between five and seven years old. Um, the book is readable, and I thought it would be available on Project Gutenberg. It should be in the public domain, but it's not, so I'm not sure what that's all about. There might be a, an audio version on LibriVox.org, but at the time I was checking, they had a planned outage, so I was not able to check, and I don't have time to do that today. You can investigate, though. Just visit www.lib as in boy, r-i-v as in victor, o-x as in x-ray.org, and I think you can search by title there. So the Kindle edition that I bought to read, I got for 99 cents. There's some strange typos in there. Like you can tell somebody was looking at a word and like they might have seen a D and thought it was a, a CL. They look the same. But overall, it's not bad for 99 cents. I do wish there were some credit given to the translator, though, because the book is actually very charming and it's sometimes even funny. E.T.A. Hoffman was born long before Tchaikovsky wrote the ballet, which is based on his story. And I think it's ironic that someone had to compose the ballet as Hoffman himself was a musical composer as well. 
I can remember seeing and maybe playing some of his work in piano lessons when I was a child. So I encourage you to watch the film and read the story in whatever order you choose. Oh, and a sugar plum? That appears to be a small hard candy that's spherical or alternately uh, a candy made of dried fruit and nuts with spices rolled in sugar. Both versions sound pretty tasty. So I'm detouring from the A to Z mystery tour tonight for two reasons. First, I just don't like the book I'm reading right now by the D author. It's held promise initially, but I don't think I'm going to finish it and I don't want to talk about it. The second reason is that I've been really immersed in Monica Ferris's Needlecraft Mysteries, which I think I've mentioned here before, maybe. The audiobooks are free with an Audible Plus membership, except for two in the middle of the series, Sneaky Audible. I think I can only access 10 books total, but there are many more than that. I'm not sure yet. I'm only into the, I think I'm on, I'm on about book nine. Each book has held my interest as much as the first one. You know, the first book in any series is always great. Any cozy mystery series is great because you don't know who of those characters could be the murderer. By the time you hit book two, you know who the regulars are and you know that they're not going to be the murderer. Somebody's going to be the best friend. Somebody's going to be the irritating friend. You know that they're not going to kill anybody. But in book one, you don't know that. So those are always fun. But the charm of this series continued well past book one. Betsy Devonshire is the heroine. She has a nose for detecting, and she is also the owner of a needlework shop called Cruel World um, in the town of Excelsior, Minnesota, which apparently has the highest body count in the state. So it's a good thing that she does what she does. Excelsior is a real town, by the way. I recommend listening to Cruel World, the first book in the series, while you're knitting Christmas stockings and drinking eggnog. I think you'll be hooked too. I'm well into the series and I'm my third narrator. Third time's the charm. We finally have a narrator named Connie Crawford who knows what a Minnesota accent actually sounds like. Uh, each story in the series holds its own charms and those charms reach beyond the pleasure of just starting a new cozy mystery. In one book with a graphic death that's witnessed by Betsy and many others, the author does what not very many mystery authors do she recognizes how traumatic that viewing is and she gives a realistic and not overly exaggerated depiction of how one might react after seeing someone die in front of them so that does take place during the christmas season so it's kind of a holiday offering i guess you could look at it that way and then in another book um, embroidered truths in the series after betsy's store manager escapes a fate that he definitely would not have been able to bear ferris does a beautiful job painting a word picture of good friends coming together, just having simple conversations together, enjoying each other's company, just quiet and the sense of gratitude that um, just emanates from that conversation to the reader without ever saying that that's what she's doing. Very skillfully done and very touching. It's a very peaceful scene. So speaking of the author, her name is Monica Ferris. She is truly gifted. She's also shared the pen name Margaret Fraser with her deceased friend, Gail Fraser. And under that name, the two of them together wrote the, I guess you would call it medieval series, the Sister Fervise novels and the Player Joliffe mysteries. I haven't read the Joliffe mysteries, but the Fervise novels are wonderful winter, winter reads and you should definitely check those out. So although I do a lot of reading in print form, you can tell I also talk a lot about audiobooks here. I can listen to them while I'm doing chores, while I'm walking in the woods, sometimes while I'm knitting. And right now I'm working on a pair of Christmas-themed socks. So if I get a good photo, I'll post that photo on the website. Um, I've only got about five inches done on one sock, so we'll see how that goes. But they're Christmassy. 
So the season is getting busy, and I'm not sure I'll be able to post another episode before the end of the year, but I'm going to try for one more short episode at least, with hopefully a little more book talk and a little more uh, holiday talk. I'll be focusing mainly around Christmas because that's my tradition. I can't speak to stories of other traditions, but you can. If you would like to make listeners aware of stories of Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, winter solstice, or any other winter holiday, please email me at houseofbooks at gmail.com. Oh, and one more thing about the Needlecraft Mysteries and Monica Ferris. If you go to monica-ferris.com, that's M-O-N-I-C-A hyphen F is in Frank, E-R-R-I-S is in Sam.com, you can actually take a look at some of the patterns that she talks about in her books. From what I can see on the website, the print copies of the books each have a a pattern in them, and um, she shares some of those patterns on the website. You would see Monica Ferris, and you would see her uh, several pictures of her with hats on. There's a menu just below that. If you click on needlework, um, some of those links are broken, but you can click on some of them to see to see patterns. That's a nice little um, extra bit of effort that she put into letting us enjoy her books on another dimension. And now I'm done. So I'll be adding links to everything today uh, that we talked about in the website, which is yourbookgroup.com. As always, you can see the links by going to the website, www.yourbookgroup.com, hovering over House of Books podcast in the menu, and then click on episode eight. Thank you for joining me today. As always, our goal is to bring lesser-known literature to readers, and the more subscribers and five-star reviews, the more readers we can reach. So subscribe, review, and please tell your friends. Thanks for visiting, and happy reading!